Welcome everyone to another episode of Friday PM. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so good that you can join us today. Wherever you're joining us from, you're so very welcome. If you're new to Friday PM, God bless you. And I hope you'll be really, really blessed with the Friday PM series. Before we continue, we've got some quick news. And Rachel's going to start with the podcast. So hopefully you know that we have this in podcast format. We use Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can listen wherever you are. If you're a podcast person, just subscribe and you get notified whenever we upload new content. Great. And Crystal, tell them about YouTube. We're very happy to have you on YouTube with us. So please share the video with your family and friends and leave the like under the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and click the notification bell to get notified of our latest content. Thank you, Christoph. You might be wondering why we're dressed like we are, because we just finished recording a program for a church. We did a great worship video for them in Africa. And so we just thought, well, we're going to stay dressed this way. So we hope you like it. I think the ladies look regal. You guys look Thank fantastic. Nice. Thank we you took our nice. jackets off because it would have been a little bit formal. Uh, so we hope you like it. Uh, but we're here to talk about the greatness of God today. So before we're going to discuss it together, we're going to show you a quick video that we pray you're going to be mightily blessed with. We'll be right back. Sir James Jeans, the famous British astronomer, once said, the universe appears to have been designed by a pure mathematician. Joseph Campbell wrote of a perception of a cosmic order, mathematically definable. As they contemplated the order of the Earth, the solar system, and the stellar universe, scientists and scholars have concluded that the master planner left nothing to chance. The slant of the Earth, for example, tilted at an angle of 23 degrees, produces our seasons. Scientists tell us that if the Earth had not been tilted exactly as it is, vapors from the oceans would move both north and south, piling up vast continents of ice. If the moon were only 50,000 miles away from Earth, instead of 250,000, the tides might be so enormous that all continents would be submerged in water. Even the mountains would be eroded. If the crust of the earth had only been 10 feet thicker, there would be no oxygen, and without it, all animal life would die. Had the oceans been a few feet deeper, carbon dioxide and oxygen would have been absorbed and no vegetable life would exist. The Earth's weight has been estimated at six sextillion tons. That's a six with 21 zeros. Yet it is perfectly balanced and turns easily on its axis. It rotates daily at the rate of more than a thousand miles per hour or 25,000 miles each day. This adds up to nine million miles each year. 
considering the tremendous weight of six sextillion tons rolling at this fantastic speed around an invisible axis held in place by unseen bands of gravitation, the words of Job 26.7 take on unparalleled significance. He poised the earth on nothingness. The earth revolves in its own orbit around the sun, making the long elliptical circuit of about 600 million miles each year, which means we are traveling through space at 19 miles per second. Job further invites us to meditate on the marvelous works of God. Consider the sun. Every square yard of the sun's surface is emitting a constant energy level of 130,000 horsepower in flames that are being produced by an energy source much more powerful than coal. The nine major planets in our solar system range in distance from the sun from 36 million to about 3,664 million miles, yet each moves around the sun in exact precision with orbits ranging from 88 days for Mercury and to 248 years for Pluto. Still, the Sun is only one minor star among the 100 billion burning orbs that comprise our Milky Way galaxy. If you were to hold out a dime at arm's length while gazing at the night sky, the coin would block out 15 million stars from your view. When we attempt to comprehend the almost countless stars and other heavenly bodies in our galaxy alone, we resonate to Isaiah's paean of praise to the all-powerful Creator. Lift your eyes and look. He who created these things leads out their army in order, summoning each one of them by name. So mighty is His power, so great His strength, that not one fails to answer. It is a small wonder that David cries out, Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the world. Whoever keeps singing of your majesty higher than the heavens, even through the mouths of children or of babes in your arms, you make him a fortress, firm against your foes. I look up to your heavens, shaped by your fingers, at the moon and the stars you set firm. What are human beings that you spare a thought for them, or the child of Adam that you would care for him? Praise the Lord. Amen. Were you well, blessed well, with that? Yeah. yeah, praise God. Well, Charlene, why don't you start us off? I love what you shared about what happened to you and kind of the cry of your heart from a young age. Yes, I was just after high school and I was really coming to a place of really finding the Lord from myself because my parents were Christian doesn't mean I was a Christian. So I really was crying out to the Lord, be real to me. And one of the things that came out of my spirit when I was crying out to the Lord is, show me how big you are, how great you are. Because the world really makes God out to be small. Jesus on a cross, a baby in a manger, weak, you know, and when you mentioned baby and he's not a baby anymore, he's, he's not 
dead on the cross anymore. He is the risen King of Kings. He's mighty. He's holy. He's... Uh, and every time I think about it, I'm just amazed by God's glory. And, you know, Job had this tumultuous time. And in Job 38, God speaks out of a whirlwind. <laughs> and he actually, he says, uh, gird yourself up like a man, Gird up now your loins like a man. I will demand of you and you declare to me. You answer to me. Mm. You tell me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Mm. Declare to me. Or who stretched the measuring line upon it? Upon what were the foundations of it fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy... Or who shut up the sea with doors when it broke forth and issued out of the womb? When I made the clouds the garment of it and thick darkness a swaddling band for it. It just carries on and on telling Job or us, where were you? And when, who are you? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. who are you? Yeah. You know, how dare you type of thing. Uh, and by the time Job 40 comes... <laughs> Job is so stunned, I think, he's standing in front of God and he says, <laughs> Behold, I am of small account and vile. What should I answer you? I lay my hand upon my mouth. Yeah, and I think that's so often we think we're so great in our own eyes, the things that we've done, how good we've been. And God's saying, in comparison to my greatness, <laughs> It's nothing. Why are you trying to be good all by yourself? Everything that you've done good is because of me, because of who I am. And you exist because I exist. You can't exist without me. And I think in this world today, we forget that. We think we're born and we have a destiny and we've got things to do and maybe we're talented to do certain things and people put us up on a pedestal and we think we're so great and we, th we think we've totally by ourselves created our own destiny. But who created us? Where did our breath come from? Hmm. Where did our intellect come from? Did we make our own intellect? And I think this is, this is the point that God is making with Job. As great as you think you are, where do you think any of those things came from to make you great? Hmm. And I think it's a very important and sobering thought, no matter how wonderful we think we are and how wonderful we think we're doing. Hmm. Well, it reminds me of these scientists that went to God. This is a joke. But these scientists, they went to God. Christoph, you remind me of this joke, I think, the other day. But this, these scientists went, went to God and they said, God, we'll show you that we can make man as well. We'll show you you're not as great as you think you are. So these scientists got all the soil together and they were ready to make man from earth, from the dirt. And they were just about to start to show God that they can also create a man. And then God said, hey, hey, no, sorry. Hey, get your own soil. <laughs> so they didn't take that into account. Yeah. yeah. That'll shut you up. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I like the scripture for from him and through him and to him are all things for all things originate with him and come from him. All things live through him and all things center in and tend to consummate and to end in him to God be the glory forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yes, 
He had it figured out long before people started talking about the Big Bang and you know whatever whatever route you want to go down that. Where did that come from? Yeah. You know, if yeah. it, where did any of it come from? Yeah. I mean, where did any? Yeah. Where? How can you make something from nothing? Well, these the, these people that are speaking with their mouths. So who made that thing that you're uttering? <laughs> wow! Yeah. yeah. First, first find that out, and then we'll take it yeah. from there. Yeah, you you're making these intelligent, um, you know, conversations, these intelligent debates, and where did you get that intelligence from? Where's your brain from? Where where did you have all that to even make these statements? Well, look, nowadays on the news, right? So we all see it's like people are authority hungry. Everyone is an authority. Oh, they know all everything about the virus. We know everything what's happening globally. And we all got all these people that speak with such authority, and it's undermining the authority of God. So if you do that, then I believe you you set yourself up to be uh, to get God's attention. <laughs> a, little, a little humble pie. <laughs> but God is so big. I mean, He says that that the oceans He stirs in like like a little pot, like a little pot of oil. Yeah. He's got the oceans in His hands. Yeah. The earth is his footstool. Um, uh, the 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 wind he carries in his in his in his treasure chest. So yes. He opens his treasure chest, and that's all the wind of the Jeremiah earth. Jeremiah ten verse thirteen. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And when Jesus said, "Peace, be still," all his disciples says, "Who is this man that he can command the winds and the sea to keep quiet?" Mm. And he walked on the sea. Who is this man that we're talking about? Well, we struggled before the time as we were chatting, isn't it, um, mm. to make head or toe because he's the uncreated God. He's He was there from the beginning. Mm. He will be there in the end. Mm. And we're so limited by our minds, by our bodies, by our space and time, but he lives outside of space and time. Yeah. yeah. I like that there's a, there are a hundred references to them to who God is in the Bible. I don't know if there's more, but there's a hundred there and you can just go on Google and say names of God. And I've sometimes read these just from my phone or just read it because even the names are just incredible. How he even gives names that we'll understand just to give us, you know, a reference, like a concept that we understand. He's a teacher, shepherd. Um, He's a ransom, a priest, mighty God, uh, Light of the world, Lion of the tribe of Judah, Jehovah, Great Shepherd, Gift of God, First Fruits, Deliverer, Day Star, the Christ, Comforter, Carpenter, Bread of Life, Beginning, Advocate. Hmm. What a hundred names! That's our God is amazing. I don't think there's not enough words to describe who He is. No, and when and when when uh, Moses asked God, "Who are you?" The only description that God could give him that he would possibly understand, he said, I am. I am what I am. I am that I am. Because (laughs) of all the descriptions that you can, of all the attributes of God, of all the characteristics and and, and traits and and names that he has, they're just, it's it's just one little piece of the magnificence, the greatness. And, And the only thing that Moses could understand is, God saying, I am what I am. I am who I am. Yeah. That's big. That's big. Uh, Zach, I also like what you said about about Jesus. And you you made the remark that Jesus is the bridge. Mm. Explain that. Yeah, we were talking about how to, you know, what, what, at the end of the day, we're going to talk about great, the greatness of God. And then how, do, how can we make that applicable to our life? Mm. What is a practical step? Because none of us are theologians. None of us have a degree in theology. We're not, you know, trained 
having some masters in divinity somewhere. We're, we're just Christians living life together and missionaries out on the field. And so wh- when we talk about the magnificence and the greatness of God, how can we put that into a practical way to go forward in life? And like, what does that mean for us? And and the thing, the only thing I could think of is, is Jesus, who in the Old Testament, you've got this, the way that God is described in the Old Testament, the power and the magnificence and the awesomeness of his presence, people couldn't look. It was that much. Mm-hmm. And because when, because we're just too, we're just too frail. We're just too sinful. We're too dirty. Um, we couldn't bear it. And God sent Jesus to show the side of him that's, yes, I am this incredibly all-powerful being, but I love you. Mm-hmm. He sent Jesus to show the compassionate nature of him, of, of who he is, and, and to say, yes, this is me, but this is also me. And and um, we had a, a friend just coming to mind now, Jan Green, that sent us that message um, the other week that was talking about the Psalms. And we spoke about it the other yeah. morning about how King David was, um, he, the revelations that King David had about God and his love and his compassion and his kindness, he reached forward into his eternal future to bring back the revelation of God from Jesus, I mean, if you, it's just unfathomable, but Jesus being the revelation, the bridge of that great God to man so that we have now access to the Holy Spirit and we can be, God is our, he's saying, I'm your friend. Hey, I'm your friend, (laughs) you know, and you can talk to me about stuff and yes, you mess up, but I can forgive you for that. And yes, you're not doing it right, but I can help you with that. And it's just incredible. He's just come down to be someone to us personal. Yeah. yeah. Well, Christoph, I, I love what you shared because you shared just that's that what yeah. Zach just mentioned, right? Yeah, so we're talking about greatness of God, how he created the heavens and the earth and He how he stirs up the oceans and He how he contains the wind and how he can make all this stuff. And, and, and it's uncompre- incomprehensible that uh, the, the earth is his footstool and he dwells somewhere in heavens in this in this kingdom that we cannot see and everything everything is so majestic but yet at the same time he's so personal so his bible yeah. says so personal that down here on the earth where we are he is and he's with us all the time he's in jesus because he sent jesus because he loved us first in our sins and now we can be together with them in our ups and downs, in our high places and low places, uh, wherever we prosper and whenever we are down. Uh, he's with us all the time, despite him being all-powerful, the creator of universe and planets and uh, in this magnificent things and, and to such a small details like, like cells and, and things you, you you can barely see on the microscope. He can he's so detailed to every yeah. every figment of, of of our skin. He designed them with the utmost perfection. So yeah. that just that just stunning. Yeah. Well, he says every hair in our head's got a number. Wow, well, I mean that's just incredible. And yet we are the apple of his eye. And yet that. Yeah. But Zach, I love you know we're talking about the greatness we saw on that, in that video. You know just the greatness, the magnitude. Then you shared about Jesus being being the bridge, showing us, giving us passageway, an inroad to 
to bring him more personal. Mm. And then he sent the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's one step closer. It's like the most intimate. He said, who knows, who knows the spirit of a man, but, but, but his spirit. Yes. And who knows the spirit of God. So he gives us the Holy Spirit to know the most intimate thoughts, what God is thinking. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit is the ultimate, ultimate expression. He makes it, he makes it almost impossible for us not to know who he is if we, if we, Lean on the Holy Spirit. If we accept the Holy Spirit, mm. and if we say, "Holy Spirit, help! Holy Spirit, what do you think? What should I do? Reveal to me with His revelation, whatever it is. He is the key." Yeah. So, so if you can't make that connection, if it's not, con- if you're not connecting the dots, maybe it's the Holy Spirit that you need to ask yeah. to yeah. say, "Open it up for me. Give me, give me that." You know, that electrical connections. If there's one connection that's not connecting for you, maybe the Holy Spirit hasn't just made that. That line, access to that power. You know, power connection needs those, con- what do you call them? Right? So conductors you have the or? Conductors. Transistors. Transistors. Switches. I don't switches. know what you're talking yeah. about. It depends <laughs> in what context you're talking about. But you know, yes. <laughs> power, power can't flow if that. If there's no connection. If there's a break no, in the connection. There's a break in the connection. So if you haven't received the power of God or don't see the power of God and see how the power of the person of the universe connects to your life, to your day in, to how I, to how, how he's helping me on the road with my children, with my health, with my finance, with, with whatever you're going through. Is the Holy Spirit for me is the connector. Then you have a stream of that power. And we cannot contain the bigness and powerfulness of him. Because as you said, Zach, if God sneezes in the wrong direction, half of our solar system could be gone. <laughs> yeah. So we, we can't contain that power. But he's made it, he's made it smaller in, in, a, in Jesus coming to man and then yet smaller. So we've got these little amazing little bit of God's power. It's so that's why it says omnipresent because it's everywhere, yeah. and yet it's in creation. It's in the smaller, smallest little thing yeah. in the sea. It's even there. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's amazing. And when the disciples said, "Show us the Father," and Jesus said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father," and we spoke about. Who did Jesus connect with when he came to earth? He didn't go to the yeah. highest. Yeah, that's what you mentioned. He yeah. went to the lowest. He was born in the lowest state. He was an immigrant. He had to go to Egypt to escape being killed. He, know, he knew what it was to flee from a government. Wow. Mm. He came back to his own uh, nation. He associated with the people who were not the highest. I mean, you would have thought that if Jesus came to earth, and he wanted to choose friends. He would have gone to the Sanhedrin or Sanhedrin, all the religious leaders. He would have gone to the highest of the high. Mm. But he said, no, I am accessible to the lowest of the low. If I start with the lowest of the low, then everybody has access because everybody needs to know that they have access to me. And there was the scripture in Philippians, Philippians 2 where Jesus saw um, equality of God, not something to be grasped, but he grasped at. He humbled himself. Mm. He didn't try to assert his authority or to usurp anybody. He was able to be with people. He was able to love them. He was able to show them compassion and mercy. And it, he, in that, he showed us the Father. As great as the Father is, as great as he is, at the, he created everything that we see, everything that has been made. He created everything, yet he wants to have fellowship with each and every one of us in a very, very personal way. Mm. He knows what we've done wrong. He knows who we are. And because he knows who we 
essentially are, not who people think we are or b based on what we've done. He knows who we are in our spirits and he wants to lead us into that greatness. He wants to lead us into the greatness of who he's made us to be. That is who God is. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. It leaves you silent, you know. That's why I believe worship is also so important because it's in worship where, where we have that intimate connection with God. And it's in worship. That's why the angels are worshiping him in heaven. You know, the closest you can get to him is, is worship. Um, so between worship and, and leaning on the Holy Spirit, I believe the Lord can, can turn those keys for us. Yeah, yeah and I think, I think sometimes the, 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 the temptation is that to make prayer such a religious thing that you have to be in a certain place at a certain time. And, and there is a time to go, you know, to your room, close the door, be behind closed doors. But we, we turn it into such a religious thing sometimes. And God's just saying, just talk to me. You know, just talk to me. Um, I was reading, reading this thing in Christianity Today. They interviewed Steve Harvey, and a comedian in America. And um, he was just saying how significant the grace of God in his life was and how um, he came to this crossroads and 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 left the god of his youth behind and you know he was living at, homeless living out of his car and he cried out to the lord and the lord said i know he said i know what you're going through i just want i just want you to talk to me mm. as great as god is he just you know sometimes he just wants us to talk to him the whole bible is if you can condense it in a, it is a love story mm. of this mighty mighty God, you know, who says in Jeremiah, thus says the Lord, uh, sorry, Isaiah 66, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. What kind of house can you build me? And what kind, what can be my resting place? In Second Chronicles, he says, but will God actually dwell with men on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this house which we have built. Mm. And all of scripture is all about God wanting to be with man, God wanting to be with us, coming down as a as a pillar of cloud, then coming down in you know, always wanting to be with man, making sure that we know that we are his people yeah. and the sheep of his pasture, Psalm one hundred. Then he sends Jesus, God incarnate, called Emmanuel, God with us, then sends the Holy Spirit and I will never leave you nor forsake you. I don't leave you orphaned. He, he removes our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. He says, I'll, I'll ne remember your sins no more. He is love. Yeah. He is. He is the am that I am. He is Jehovah Jireh, the God who is enough. No matter what we... You know, man tries to use our own strength and God sits us down like Job and he says, be like a man, face me like a man. Where were you when I told the waters stop here? Where were you when I told the droplets of heaven fall now? Where were you? And you sit there and you go, God, God, and nothing. We were just saying that one of the biggest songs in funerals these days is, I did it my way. That's the number one song that people use in their funerals. I did it my way. And God stands back and he goes, cast your burdens onto me. Take my yoke because my yoke is easy. Learn from me. Don't worry. 
I am enough. I can do it. I am great. I'm mighty. If you read in all the scriptures, heaven can't contain me. Uh, and David says in Psalm 139, he says, where can I go from your presence? Yeah. If I'm in heaven, you are there. If I'm in Sheol, you are there. When the darkness covers me, like even as the light, you are there. He says, your thoughts towards me are so many, there is the sand in the sea. And he says, who am I that you are mindful of me? And you just stand before him and you are silent. And that's why we believe that worship, the deepest place in worship is silence when you just have no words to utter anymore and you're just in awe of His mighty presence. And I feel in this coming revival, we're going to be so in awe of His mighty presence, we're just going to be silent. Just going to be silent. I think it's in Habakkuk that, or Habakkuk, I never know. At the end it says, we, all, we were all around the throne and we were silent before Him. We forget His majesty and forget that reverence we need when we are aware of how mighty and how great He is. Praise the Lord. I was just thinking how the Bible also says when his glory filled the temple, the priests couldn't even do their work. When his glory filled Moses, couldn't even stand. Even when the angel appeared to John in Revelation, John fell, fell down on his face and it was an angel who appeared to him. It wasn't even God himself. Oh. We're going to leave you with a song called How Majestic. Thanks for watching.
Oh uh-huh.